My name is Kim Chil, and I get letters about the untold. I still can't believe what happened to Brendan. I have been thinking about it since I ended the podcast last week. I mean, he met a god, possibly two from the Greek pantheon, Helios and Hecate. I guess I'm still only half awake, as I say, because I can't deny either what has been happening to me since he started sending me the letters. And I still have a little doubt. Anyway, thank you to everyone who's been saying kind words to me online. It means a lot to me. I'm wondering if we're all awakening together because of this podcast. Hearing from some of you? I'm saying that we are. As more and more people are experiencing strange things happening frequently now. I wonder if the supernatural community is happy about this, or angry. Something tells me we're going to find that out in the near future. I have not seen the people with the white eye since the letter on the street a few weeks ago, but the nightmare is continuing. Every night it gets more and more real. I can't explain it in any other way, more waking like the frozen cities, the hooded people walking around. Now I even hear some sort of monstrous roar in the distance. But that laughter, that otherworldly but still taunting laughter, like everything is right for it. It gets louder and louder. My poor partner has experienced me screaming louder each and every night. If anything, tonight I wish I could sleep without these dreams. My mental health is declining more and more as well. Enough that I jokingly said to my partner that if a ghost appears, I would ask it calmly just to haunt somewhere else or do the dishes for us. They even asked if all this work I do with this podcast and all that is happening is what makes my mental illness worse. I can't say it doesn't, but it's such an important work and it brings me happiness as well. Knowing Brendan is getting heard and not feeling alone in this strange world that he's in. Whatever or whoever is delivering the letter must be having a laugh at me, though. I was at the electronics store here in Norway called Power to see if I can get a better podcast microphone and maybe a soundboard. Editing and recording with this one is a B-word. I've talked to other podcasters and they recommended some ones I should check out. When I saw the prices, suddenly out of the blue, the ones I have are great. I mean, better than great, and editing time was not that bad, actually, it was a dream. It's wonderful how something gets better by just seeing the prices of other stuff. As I was going to leave the store, I saw one of the posters on the LED screen flash. Special offer. One letter for Kim Chill. Free if your name is Kim Chill. Contact the employee near the gaming aisle. I stood with my mouth open, perplexed. And I went to the gaming aisle and I asked. The man wanted to see my ID and I showed them. You really are Kim Chill. That's... I thought this was a joke on me. Wait, are you maybe at some bachelor party or something like that? We got this commercial and letter from the higher-ups. I kinda explained yes that I was just to get going. Oh, that's really cool, he said as he handed me the letter. I watched him nervously before I walked backwards and out the store, moving towards my car. And as if someone turned off the sun, it all went dark, like an eclipse. Quickly my eyes started upwards and I saw the moon blocking the sun, 
And I could swear the dark blot moved, shifted like it was a living thing. And all around me stood people, with white eyes staring up. A crowd of at least five hundred with screeches, screams. And as soon as it appeared, it was gone. I stood in the parking lot screaming myself, alone. Let us just say my car ride home was me frantically listening to kitten noises while repeating, not crazy, not crazy, not crazy. At home, I started to read the letter. There came chill. Waking up from the lullaby can be a long process. You said on the last podcast that you thought you were only half awake, and that might be true. Most people will experience through their life a half-awakening, but end up falling right back to sleep. You can actually see it in different movie ideas that have been made. And it seems that Hecate was right. Science and magic can coexist. Very well, too. The lullaby is a magical loop that keeps playing unnoticed by every gadget or thing that is connected to a satellite. And if you truly knew how much is connected in this world, you would see the stroke of genius the lullaby is. Which also explains that only people living off-grid talk about supernatural with such clarity. We think them crazy because they have lived off-grid, but the truth is, they see things better than almost everyone. I'm also learning a lot about the supernatural world right now, though I gotta admit, Kim, I don't know if you will get more letters currently. I'm trying to write as many entries this week as possible and send them. And I hope you will get them. Why am I rushing writing these letters? As a very, very cool archaeologist usually says on a British TV series, spoilers. So let me get back to the boat which we left off last time. As Hecate left me, suddenly a thought entered my mind. Well, many more than one thought. I had a hell of a lot of questions. My first and immediate thought was, I was a rat. And I pondered that existential crisis that I knew better than most people in the world how it is to be a rat now. And for a split second, my life was both over and had just begun. Then and there. For about an hour I pondered before another thought entered my mind. Who is steering the boat? Why isn't the first thought the most important one right away? It's always the one who baffles you the most, and I looked over at the helm. The captain's seat was still empty, but the boat itself was driving at a good speed in these calm waters, and it seemed to actually be correcting itself to a course. I saw on the GPS, Egypt, Alexandria. Self-driving boats, what will they think of next? Most likely it was enchanted to carry me there, but I just had to say it. Destination was about a day off, and as I looked through the little yard, I saw food enough to last me. Even a visa to get me into Egypt next to my passport. I spent the day and night recollecting everything that has been happening to me the past weeks, and one question kept going through my mind. Who was the one on the grey web that had started all of this? Two options came to my mind. One, it was one who had been a cultist and wanted to expose them all hoping someone would find it and start everything I had? Or was it one of the gods who had been sworn to secrecy and wanted this to be fixed? One thing I was sure about, they did not have luck on their side. I don't use guns, nor do I use any kind of weapons at all. 
I know some self-defense, did some light Aikido and Muay Thai as a normal training. Lifting weights and stuff like that bore me. But that's about it. My original thought about this was, if one day I truly had to end someone's life because of self-defense, I didn't want to hide behind weapons that could do something so horrible from far away with an easy click of a trigger. It needed to be personal. That would be my burden and price to pay. Their ghost forever haunting me. So in the end, I was on this journey that maybe someone else would be so much better to be on. The other part of the journey, I tried my best to get used to seeing very well with my right eye and the left eye in a hazy mist. It was like I needed glasses on my left eye only. And I did shudder a bit, heeding the warning of the goddess, that when this blessing was complete, everything I saw would get seared into my mind. It was only working half as good as it was supposed to then. My death procession didn't seem to be affected strangely, and that was good. The next day around 4pm, the boat docked in Alexandria port, and it was eerie quiet. This place usually is bursting with people, boats and not to mention trucks going in and out. But it was quiet. I stepped out of the little yacht. Thanks for carrying me all the way here, I said to her. And for the first time, I noticed the name. Amphitrites. Love. Ah, that's why it's such a pleasant trip. Bowing my head gently before I stared out in the now quiet port. To Cairo we go. I didn't want to go to Cairo. It's a two days walk. And in this heat, nope. What I needed was to find an ATM first. Get some Egyptian pounds. Get myself sun lotion, cause F word skin cancer. Always use sun lotion, people. Before finding a bus to Cairo. What could go wrong? I managed to get sun lotion before everything went wrong. First, I wanted a bite to eat. And I found a place that sold havawashi. Kinda like a pita bread with meat that is generously seasoned. And it tastes so, so good. As the bus to Cairo wouldn't leave for another 39 minutes, after eating, I applied sun lotion to my face and legs next to a beautiful fountain. And then suddenly my phone vibrated. I looked down and I saw an incoming text message with an image attached to it. It was a satellite image of me, where I sat with ten people circled with red marks scattered around me. And a text that said, White ice moves, tracking you through the phone. Toss it into the fountain. Run! Quickly, my mind memorized the position of the ten people we're in, and calculating a route for me to escape. I had two options. Either get them lost in one of the malls I'd seen, or get to the bus quickly, and hoping they didn't know where I was going. One thing was for certain. They wouldn't attack me out plainly here. Maybe try to quickly grab my bag and run, or threaten my life and make me follow them. It was a gamble, and I gambled on the bus, as I threw the phone in the fountain and quickly started to move. Every one of the people following me wore shades. And actually looked like normal people. Some were disguised as tourists while others looked like they were native to Egypt. My left eye, on the other hand, saw something completely different in the haze. Outlines of something bright and red, almost like steam coming off them. They were part of the waking world. And where their shades were supposed to be, there were glowing white lights. I ran, wanting to see who would be the daring ones to follow me this quickly. 
I got my answers as three of the ten people sped up with me. Let me tell you this, as I now have been chased twice in a short time by these people. Chase scenes in movies get everything freaking wrong. It is more chaotic, it has more heavy breathing and most of all, foot chase is hard for the chaser. Rule number one, get into the most crowded place you can. For me, that was a market. A street filled with market tents to blot out the scorching sun, and not to mention all the things that will destroy your senses. Smells, sounds and movements. I bet professional hunters and chasers would stick to you more, but these cultists were as good at hunting as a house cat in a desert. The second thing I noticed was how much of the waking world truly is hidden in plain sight. My left eye was going crazy with all different colors and outlines of people. I think it was reading auras and seeing hints on what they were. Non-waking people did have a calm gray aura, laying gently at their skin. But if you are of the waking world, the auras was bursting in colors and outlines of strange shapes. Only problem, I was going to lose my bus. And the next one wouldn't be until maybe two hours. And now that I didn't have my phone, I couldn't track the route of the bus. So after a little while, I dared to sneak out of the market and I headed towards Cairo, on foot. No phone, no daring to get to the bus as I suspected the cultists had eyes at every station now. I did manage to get a hike with a truck driver though, that was going to Cairo anyway. You are in luck my friend, as I am going there to deliver this shipment of sneakers. What sneakers? I will give you a hint. You can do it! He laughed as a truck, not too old, was running along the highway. It's very nice for you to pick me up. He shook his hand towards me like it was nothing. We must help where we can, yes? Allah would want us to be good to each other. So I am! If more people of the world thought like you, there would be peace. Someone must start, yes? I nodded and leaned back in the seat. His aura was grey and calm. Something I needed right now. And he had a working air condition. You hungry, my friend? Thirsty? I shook my head. No. No. The market had overloaded my brain a little, seeing all the different species. I had tried my best to see all the hints. I was sure one of the salesmen that had tried his best to get me to buy a rug was an ifrit. Black aura like possessing the poor man who had a grey aura underneath that. Pretty sure one was a werewolf, those yellow eyes and wolfish shape to the aura. It was a darker side of grey than normal grey colour. Trying my best to categorise it all for later use, it was giving me a small headache. The nice truck driver was named Vaiz, and did live in Cairo. He told me about the best places to eat, the best hotels, that were just as good as the tourist hotels, but cheaper. I thanked him as he dropped me off on the outskirts of Cairo. Allah be good to you, my friend, and hope you will find what you are after. I hope so too, and may your day be filled with happiness and peace. I tried to offer him some money, but he refused and waved a goodbye as he continued on. I was gonna miss him. It was getting late. So I took what Waiz had said to heart and got myself a taxi to one of those hotels he recommended. It was truly a nice one, not those large posh ones that would cost you your house for one night. But it had everything you needed for a very very good price. As I fell asleep, through my dreams I stood in front of a truly old wonderful temple. 
I watched ghost-like people walking around tending to what looked like gardens and brushed sand of stone slabs filled with hieroglyphics. Hello? Speaking loudly to see if anyone reacted. They did not. So thinking I had one of those awesome lucid dreams, I walked into the temple, and what I saw baffled me. A man with the head of a falcon and a globe of pure light resting above its head, talking to a woman of beautiful futures, but radiating like no mortal could. You do not understand, Isis, why I am Pharaoh. The title holds more responsibility than to rule the gods and mortals. If I go, the chances of... He stopped and looked right at me. Abah! The woman Isis turned as well. You shouldn't be here, little one. Not yet. Fly back to your own time. Isis flicked her hand and I could feel the feathers of my body tingle. Wait, feathers? We will talk in five thousand years. Or at least a part of me will. Ra, I was sure it was, spoke to me. For you, a second. For me, a lifetime and more. And it felt like I got tossed through everything and right back into my own body. Sitting up fast, gasping, a vertical feeling like no other hitting me at the same time. And then I heard some movement next to me. I turned my head and I saw a white-eyed woman holding a knife ready to plunge into my face. I rolled out of the bed just in time as the knife plunged into the headrest. What the... Quickly, I managed to stagger to my feet, avoiding the second lunge of the knife as she yelled, DIE! I wrapped the sheet around her, managed to take a hold of the knife hand and twist it while banging it against the wooden night table. She shrieked in pain as I managed to get her into a sleeping hold. If you ever manage to do one, release it as soon as some seconds have passed. Longer will give them injuries, even death. I didn't have long until she was awake again. So I tied her up with a bedsheet and some cables from the electrical in the room. The subtle art of tying people up, leaving them safe but vulnerable. Shibari. Thank you, Japan. I searched her quickly and I found a knife holder and some cash. She had a driver's license. Her name was Masika. Getting dressed, I saw the woman come back to consciousness and managed to make a quick gag out of the pillowcase before leaving the room. Now remember, the safe word is banana, Masika, and the maid will be here shortly, so play nice. I winked and left her in a very, very strange hog tie, with the duvet cover tied around her torso and underneath the bed, making sure she couldn't escape before someone came to clean. Oh, here's to hoping breakfast isn't this exciting, I muttered to myself as I heard the muffled scream of Masika when I closed the door and put up a do not disturb sign on it. I was checking out today anyway, but if they could get me at least some hours ahead before walking in there to clean, I would be happy. I gotta continue the story in the next letter, going to write it tomorrow. Like I said, I will be trying to complete at least three more letters before the end of the week and sending it to you. It will be a busy week for you, Kim. Sorry about that. It means a lot to me. I keep saying it in each letter, but it's true. You don't know how much you're helping. So keep your head up, okay? Until next time. Best regards, Brendan Croft. Well, if that is true, I guess we might get more than one episode this week, people. Just hope the next one isn't given to me as public as this one.
Brendan, I don't know what you're doing, but that eclipse earlier today and what happened, I fear you're in some very, very, very deep problems that are now being felt all over the world. Or I am connected deeper than we think. Every week I think, oh, it can't get scarier now. And then, as if the universe hears me, it takes it up a notch. I just, I don't want my partner to get worried about me as much as they do. Take care, everyone. And I will leave you all with this. Is it better if creepy ends up becoming normal? This has been the sixth episode of Letters About the Untold. Written and read by Kim Chilyushta. Music by Nikolai Hagen. The places and people you hear on this podcast might be real, but the description or personality of the places and people might have been altered. This is fiction. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I do hope you enjoy it and hope you will listen to the next episode. If you do, press that subscribe button and follow the podcast on social media. And if you can, it would be so nice if you could leave a review. Until next time, beware of the flickering lights.